Welcome to 52 Weeks in the Word. I'm your host, Trillia Newbell, and I am thrilled to have with me Jen Wilkin. Jen is an author and Bible teacher from Dallas, Texas. You have several Bible studies, including two on Exodus, and I'm, I don't want to get this wrong, but it's God of deliverance and God of freedom, right? All right, good. I feel like a good friend. That's what I am. <laughs> so one of the things that I have noticed is that every time I have a Bible teacher on the podcast, I just want them to teach us. I have, I, I do. I'm just like, okay, you just teach. It's only 10 minutes, not enough time. I have heard a lot of sermons from the book of Exodus. And I imagine um, of the Old Testament books that Exodus has likely been read by most. I, I would imagine at least part of it. And um, I did not grow up in church, but I also know that the stories are told in Sunday school lessons. So people are pretty familiar with Exodus, I, I imagine. But I wonder if we've missed anything. And I imagine that there are themes that are glossed over and major details that are misapplied. And I don't, and I don't say that as a, a slight or slam to anyone, but I, I just imagine that that has been the case. So here's my question. What are some major themes in Exodus and what might we be missing? Well, I do think that we know it's in pieces of the story. We know snapshots, but we don't necessarily get the whole flow of the narrative. And um, I think in most commentaries that you would open up, you would hear that Exodus is a birth narrative that's mentioned, but it's not often explored. Uh, And it's one of the things that as I was putting together the two studies that I did, I got to look at at length. And so if you think about where we are at the beginning of Exodus, you have Um, the nation of Israel in seed form in Egypt. And the word in Hebrew for Egypt is Misraim, and it means the narrow place, the place of pressing in. So you get womb language, uh, and then you have groaning and crying out. uh, And then you think about um, the opening scene, interestingly, in the book of Exodus involves midwives and the birth of babies, right? Uh, And you have midwives for the nation of Israel, And then uh, pretty quickly after that, you find that Moses and Aaron become essentially midwives for the birth of the nation of Israel out of Egypt. Um, And so then you have 10 labor pains in the plagues, right? Uh, And then you have a delivery through doorways of blood at Passover and water at the Red Sea. Um, Then you have a newly born who cries for to be fed in the wilderness Um, And then God sustains them on the manna. uh, And then he brings them to the foot of his mountain where he trains up a child in the way that it should go by giving it his good law. And then he, he gives them a home in which he can dwell with them. So, I mean, that's like, that's important. And that's something no one had ever taught to me in VBS. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So two questions. Why is it important? And why do you think it's not taught? Uh, I think it is important because in particular, the patterns in Exodus are going to play out um, throughout the rest of the writings about Israel and even into the New Testament. The Exodus story is like the 9-11 incident in the history of the nation of Israel. It is the thing that indelibly marks their understanding of who they are, where they came from, where they're headed, who Yahweh is. And so you need it. It's a really important tool in your tool belt. I think the reason that the whole line of thinking is not taught 
is because the individual stories themselves are pretty colorful and people tend to have short attention spans. So I think you have a combination of like people who are teaching her like, oh no, I don't think I can hold her attention for all of this. And then um, people don't necessarily sit and read this book from beginning to end expecting that it would have a consistent storyline to it, but it does. And so how, because I'm thinking about the layperson who's trying to connect all those dots and think through, or the person who maybe wants to to teach this in a simp- simple way, because I think that's maybe, you said something that made me think, ah, I wonder if the person just thinks it's too complicated. How can you connect those dots? And, and you may have already di- done it in a simple way, like you're teaching a child. This is what... Um, is important to know and how you can connect those those dots in this book. Yeah, I think summarizing is a key skill that we have to use when we're in an Old Testament narrative that is of considerable length, like the book of Exodus. You know, it's 40 chapters long. And so when you're teaching children, that's what you want to do is get those summary skills working. But I think you have to think of them from a particular perspective, because I think the challenge for both children and adults is that we make the wrong person the center of the narrative. We think that Exodus is a book about Moses uh, and or about the Israelites, and it certainly is, but um, we should ask first, what is God doing? How is he behaving? What is he not doing? How is this telling us things that are true about him? And once you realize that the main objective of Exodus is to decl- is to disclose who God is, then the story begins to become way more cohesive. Um, and you start paying attention to different cues. So give us give us one, either, uh, I don't know if it's a chapter or a theme, uh, a, a passage where it really highlights, okay, this is what God is doing. This is who God is. Well, I think uh, probably the best example within um, the story of Exodus would be that God has maintained all along that the reason he's going to judge Pharaoh um, through the plagues is so that everyone would know that he is the Lord. Um, it's, the, it's it's so that everyone would understand. So you get the plagues, which are basically the toppling of every God in the Egyptian pantheon. Um, and you can see at the end of the plague cycle that in fact, exactly what God has said would happen does happen. Israel leaves with the spoils of Egypt on their backs. So they could have just left by the skin of their teeth. But instead, you see that even Pharaoh's people recognize that Yahweh is the one true God, even if it's only for a brief window of time. And then we're going to find out years later at the in the book of Josh, um, at the at the at the city of Jericho, that Rahab heard about what happened when they're pulled out of of Israel, out of Egypt, and she knew that he was the one true God. So, um, so God does everything that he's doing in the book of Exodus so that people will know who he is, whether that means by rejecting him or accepting him. Uh, rejecting him in the case of Pharaoh, accepting him in the case of Rahab. Um, And so um, when we start paying attention to that, it's less about what Moses did or didn't do or the day that Moses got angry and struck the rock instead of speaking to it, you know, which are important elements of the story. But the cohesion of the story is around the character of God as it's disclosed to us. Would it be important for for us to, as we're reading Exodus, do you think part of it is also so that we would know the one true God? Absolutely. I mean, and that's that's the most basic skill that I'll tell people to do as they're reading through a book of the Bible is keep noting in your margins what you're seeing God is doing or what is being said about God or how God is is 
is factoring into the narrative. Um, so then you begin to have better, just uh, so to speak, spidey sense around um, um, around the God of the Old Testament. Amen. Well, Lord, I pray that you would enable us to know you more, God, that you would reveal yourself to us as we read through your word, God, that we would know the one true God, that we would not... Um, uh, leave our reading uh, less aware of, of of who you are. God, I pray that you would help us to to focus on on the true point of the the scriptures, God, um, that we would almost lay aside all of our presumptions, all of the things that we've learned before, God, and, and teach us new. Teach us afresh um, about you, your character, who you are, Lord, and about your word. So, Lord, we trust that you will um, do this, God. We we know that we come to your Bible, and God, that you will um, teach us something, God. We will, we will not always come away um, feeling a certain way, but we can and trust that you are teaching us something about who you are. So Lord, we love you, we worship you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you so much, Jen. 